here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. Good morning, America. How are you? Say, don't you know me? I'm your native son. I'm the train they call the city of New Orleans. I'll be gone 500 miles when the day is done. Will Arlo Guthrie to open up for the music nerds portion of the show. This week on WWE, great promos on broadcast TV, not so much on ESPN and the network. Hey, ladies, want a golden uterus or thong, depending on your angle? That's what you get for winning the Battle Royal. A North American title on NXT and some returns. A contender in waiting on 205. We are on our way to New Orleans. You bring the beads, and as you know, I'm the boob. Rob is out of town, so joining me this week, the usual fill-in, the man who guides us in a more serious direction, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Chris Novembrino. Chris, your favorite thing you saw on WWE this week? My favorite thing that I saw on WWE this week was EC3's promo. I think that he has a unique charisma, and I'm very excited for when they do a big push with him going heel because he's starting to get crazy eyes, and I like it. Well, it's weird because this this in the know crowd was trying to baby him when he's yeah, obviously a heel. He's obviously but a heel. I, he has the WWE cadence down. Let's put it that way. That that's and he can bring personality to it. That is his strength here, in my opinion. You know the the kind of the short bursts of things, but he per- puts his own spin on it, his own personality. So it sounds like he's actually speaking the words, even though you know it, it's it's the usual. I'm a heel and I'm buttering up the the general manager or whatnot. It came off it, it not purely organic, but as close as you're probably gonna get on this show. I, I agree. I I just still find. I wonder what they're going to make EC stand for, because this is a character that was hatched in TNA and is now over in NXT. So I don't think they're going to call him Ethan Carter III. I think they'll stick with EC3. I just wonder if they'll ever do anything with the EC part of it. I don't know. I mean, they made Antonio disappear for Cesaro, and we never talked about it ever again. It just goes down the memory hole. So... I could see EC3 just being EC3 and we never actually get into what EC stands for or it becomes almost kind of a winking joke. I did like on commentary, they, they, they asked that question. They go, what does EC3 stand for? He goes, it's, it's the formula for success. I'm like, okay, that, that pretty much does it. That'll probably never be brought up again. Um, my favorite thing, I loved the Daniel Bryan promo at the beginning of SmackDown. That was really good, it, too. It is rare that it gets me off the off my couch and fired up and pacing like Joe Lanza and picking up my dumbbells like Dave Sher- Dave Sher- Dave Meltzer on commercial breaks. 
you know, just living, you know, I, that, that thing had real passion. It had real emotion. It had a button up cardigan sweater being shoved on the ground. That's probably a couple hundred bucks. It, you know, it, it, but it, but it was somebody feeling something and, and it, that there is nobody better at doing that kind of fiery baby face promo in wrestling right now. It's kind of what I'm hoping Johnny Gargano eventually continues to evolve into, but this is the kind of passion and emotion that this whole main roster could use a little bit more of, in my opinion. Yeah, it's great to see Daniel Bryan come back. I Now that you brought up Johnny Gargano, it does kind of make me think, where is Johnny's lane going to be? I'm guessing maybe he ends up hanging around in XT a little longer because Daniel Bryan his act is very similar to the type of act that they're trying to give Johnny. Yeah, I, I still think his lane is probably 205 Live. Okay. If, if it, depend, it depends on who gets that call, in my opinion. If it's Vince, you know, Vince doesn't want small guys. And if, he, and if, you can, if, if, if there's a meeting of the minds and Triple H even gets the hint that, oh, we'll bring him in so he can be fiery babyface that gets crushed by big giants, you know, and use that to get over, you know... You know the bronze of the world, or even you know if they decide to bring up the Lars Sullivan to to a RAW or something, then then I think Triple H will will ask, hey, you know what? If you're gonna do that, just let me have him on NXT. I mean on uh, 205 Live and help bolster that as a as a face to kind of build around. 205 Live but, uh, is not a bad place to be right now, so it's not a bad holding pattern for Johnny to be in at least. Yeah, it's just not ever optimal. No, it's not ideal. You, 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 you want to be on the main you, roster. You, you still don't know. Yeah, you still don't know if they're going to pull the plug at the, on this thing at any moment, you know, just because, well, it's a waste of money and we we'll, we'll, and we can't tour with it. So, you know, it's just taking up space right now. Um I will uh I yield the floor to you, sir. Where would you like to begin? I think we should begin with Raw and let's okay. start with the Triple H and Stephanie video package. What do you think of this? That was a close second in my in, in my thing. This this is the kind of cheese ball this is cheese done well um i i did uh i did like the idea of kind of stephanie stephanie overselling her abilities vis-a-vis triple h just being confident you know that that and would have you know maybe triple h giving kind of a side eye to stephanie and her braggadocious might have made this uh might have made this a little bit more interesting but i liked how they did this i thought this was uh you know what? I to, to juxtapose it with the Ronda Kurt video, I, I think this was absolutely fantastic. This is WWE done correctly. Yeah, this was really solid heel work done with the personal trainer who is playing a straight baby face, but there's this professional bubble that Triple H and Stephanie are in, so they have this personal trainer who reaffirms, no, you guys are great athletes. Uh, At one point, the personal trainer says something completely delusional like, I work with other professional athletes, and let me tell you, these two are in even better shape than all of those professional athletes. And it's subtle, but I think it speaks to the diluting effect that this bubble has created on Triple H and Stephanie. You know what? That would that's so that's so great because I haven't heard that. Oh, the the trainer is in the bubble and he's delusional too. Oh yeah, he that's, clearly is. That's that's what that that's a, that's a, that's kind of a wrinkle I haven't really heard in any of the uh, in any of the uh, analysis of of this since since it's gone on Monday. But I I like that idea too. I like the idea that that he. 
he's he's drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. So he's all in on this whole, oh man, McMahons, they work harder than anybody else. They're so great as a character, not as a legitimate, you know, you know not as this is this is my credibility as a personal trainer, but more as the quote unquote character of the personal trainer. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's clearly delusional to say that Triple H, a professional wrestler in his mid-40s, is at the peak of his own physical condition, let alone peak physical condition compared to football players in their mid-20s. Uh, that said, for as good as that was, I th- these media junkets by the WWE are poorly planned. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, the Stephanie and Triple H one was not nearly as bad as, as the Ronda one. But if you're going to do straight media, you need to do, how can I put this, more fluff television. Like, the Today Show is perfect for professional wrestling. You know, the, the, the whatever, Michael Strahan and Kelly Ripa show, or, or actually, I don't think Strahan's even on it anymore. That tells you how much I watch these things. But, but you know, those types of shows, the, the fluff pieces, the late-night television shows where, where you're going to get softball questions and people, you know, with the wink and the nudge, that's, that's the route to go rather than legit sports where you have, number one, I, th- I think there's probably still some bitterness on ESPN's part of being co-opted media for a while for ESPN. I mean, uh, for WWE when they were doing that whole shtick, like every week you'd have a wrestler and someone would have to come in and interview them. Um, you have reporters who, on these facts versus volume shows, you know, the argument shows, the first takes and whatnot, they were basically calling Ronda's career dead after the second knockout. So I, I, I just... And, and then on the other side, you have... You basically have Stephanie and Triple H saying this is all a sham, you know, to get, but they want the mainstream attention. And then you have Rhonda, who is not the queen of social grace and is not, this is a different product than MMA fighter Rhonda. They are presenting her as wanting to be likable to mainstream audiences so people will want to come and watch. They're not selling the quote unquote wolf tickets for a big fight. This is this is hey I'm Rhonda I'm smiling and if you get a tough question you you kind of grit your teeth a bit and say look that part of my career is over maybe I'll come revisit someday etc 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 instead she's getting these legit tough questions and she's not handling them well at all the pairing of Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey is not ideal because neither one of them are particularly charismatic. Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. just on the microphone, it hasn't been clicking at any point, really, in this last run. And Ronda, I think there's a number of issues. One, she's still trying to find who this Ronda Rousey character is, and that goes down to presentation issues as well. Yes. But also, on the speaking side, she's not the most graceful speaker to begin with, so... She doesn't get to be the old Ronda Rousey, the mean mugging, I'm just going to beat the shit out of this person, Ronda Rousey, and kind of give short answers and in a character. She's supposed to be the likable babyface Ronda Rousey because she can't be like, I'm going to beat the hell out of Stephanie McMahon because it doesn't play and it would be totally inconsistent with what Stephanie and Trips are out there doing anyways. So it's left this babyface team in a real no man's land. Yeah, and, and you know, I... I slightly disagree with that they're not charismatic. It's they're miscast with the kind of charisma that they're told to present because 
look, Kurt Angle's line reading every week is is just you know it, he, he sounds like he's about to have a stroke every week is, is how I put it because he you know he's, he's been good in the past but like not yeah. in recent vintage is my point with this Angle yeah no 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 you you are exactly correct that, that I I agree with that it's just I I think I think he hasn't been able to show any of his natural charisma in this role as GM and and step and and Ronda. <laughs> Rhonda is the best athlete of these four, and her presentation is fourth out of four. Especially, uh, we have to bring it up the the red and yellow under eye makeup to match the hot rod T shirt. Uh, this was this was just. I mean, how how do you go up to someone and go, no, that looks good? I just did not get that at all. It's not just the eye makeup too. It's uh, whatever they're coloring the sides of her cheeks with. It's not complimentary at all, and on screen it sticks out like a sore thumb. So between that and the eye makeup, this just doesn't. The eye makeup doesn't set Rhonda's eyes right at all. It, it, no, you can't. It you can't under, miss it. it and I don't even know how to talk about it technically. It's like if I made a song for you and you're not a musician, but you heard it and you heard the wrong notes and you couldn't tell me why the notes were wrong or what's going on, but you could tell that it was just off. It was just like, the, uh, to me at least, and I don't know much about makeup, although I've worn it on occasion on camera, it just looked like they only did under the eyes and nothing on top, which made that part stand out so much. I mean, my, my joke was they should have gone full Patty Smythe and Scandal from The Warrior if they're going to do that. You know, just paint half her face and and, and go, with, go with it as war paint rather than this. I actually I, kind of you know, like the idea of like a glam rocked, like... <laughs> Ronda Rousey. At least it's better than this. If we're because yes. she was halfway there anyways with the cheek accents too. It was very 1980s over accented. And uh, well, let's just finish it up. What did you think of the uh, Ronda Absolution? Tet a tet. it was a little touch and go. Uh, I there were some beats that were off. Uh, like when Sonya Deville went to go and punch Ronda Rousey. The timing on that was off, and Sonya Deville was there before Ronda turned to meet her. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am. Uh, I don't know if I'm concerned for Stephanie or if Stephanie is going to be the worker of these two. I'm, I'm a little bit undecided on that. I, I know what they were trying to do. You know what? It, it's the usual beat up two people to make that person look like a monster. But in execution, I didn't enjoy that. I'm, I'm also just not sold on pages. Uh, role here. Yeah, what is Paige's role? She just talks now? That That's all we're going to have her yeah. do? Yeah, well, she, she's a manager because of the injury. Sure. I get that. But all she's going to do is try and get people to join Absolution and fail. And that just... that uh, I don't that get what the agenda true. is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have a hard time understanding their character motivations. Mm-hmm. It almost... It makes more sense now that she's a stable manager and Absolution is supposed to be this stable, but... The issue would still remain, like, there aren't women's tag team titles at this point. Mm. And if there was something like that, it could justify Paige wanting to bring the titles home to Absolution. Then you could justify up to three people. You could have tag team champions and a champion, and that's Paige's goal. So now this faction has a reason to be. But at present, all she's trying to do is recruit people. And, yeah, Ronda would have been a good get, but it's still kind of like, why would Ronda join? What would be her point in joining Absolution? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you right there. Want to talk about Nia Jax versus Mickey James and this angle? I, I had 
Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I had no real, you know, I thought, you know, it, it's, it's basically, you know, beat up the flunky to, uh, to, to set this up. I, I am still of the opinion that Ni- this should, this match between her and Alexa Bliss should last no more than 30 seconds. Uh, but, but Mickey James is, is still, I mean, Mickey James may be, if it's not Bailey, it, Mickey James is still the smoothest worker with anybody the, in this division. And even with that said, I don't think that this babyface thing with Nia is clicking right now. And I don't think they have the personnel to make Nia click as a babyface for a sustaining period of time. I, you know what? I, I will slightly push back on you on this. I think I, because just from what Rob is saying, how his wife is reacting to it, Nia has the sympathy. I get that. I think, I think the problem is the angry part. Angry all the time is not a good look for Nia. She she should she she should already have gotten the rage out of her system that one week, and now she's just kind of fuming and slow burning, kind of a thing. I, I think that's my problem with it. So I understand that, and I get I get the sympathy angle, and I do think that part's clicking. I think that there are going to be challenges in creating challenges for Nia to credibly have to overcome. Overcoming teeny tiny Alexa Bliss isn't exactly some grand accomplishment when you get right down to it. Sure, Alexa's mean, and yeah, she should get hers, but she's also small, and okay. Nia should win. And I, I who is going to be the challenge for Nia? Uh, unless it's going I, to be overcoming Asuka, and I don't think you want to go that route. I Well, no, I, I think I think Asuka's going over to SmackDown, but I, 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 you're looking ahead. After the Alexa match, and I, you know what? I think the easy way to do that is put bo- is to have them feud, have her feud with Absolution. You know, the two on one, get over the monster type thing. They'll do the same thing, and you know, eventually maybe Ronda down the road. I, I'm not as worried about that as I am just leaving it on the build the WrestleMania, and then and then they'll see what they. I mean, then we'll see what Nia can do with her personality on her own as as official baby face Nia depending on if she wins and depending on if she's the champion I think she has to win the belt at Mania mostly because of the failure at last Wrestlemania where where you know you had three women basically team up and eliminate her that's been the move every time she's put in one of these matches is is you know and they did at no mercy when I was there live too it's like you know people team up on on Nia get her eliminated and then she's out I think they need if if they still see something in her, they need to belt her and see what they have. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Let's kick the tires on it. Uh, we had a squash match with Asuka and Jamie Frost, and I liked Jamie Frost. I just thought that that's my only note. Is I, I kind of enjoyed her promo beforehand. I thought she had an interesting look. I think squash matches are good for someone like Asuka that you're trying to build as unbeatable. Absolutely. Um, and I thought Jamie Frost over-delivered on her charisma. She really kind of, I mean, this is, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to go so far as saying sign her to a James Ellsworth type of deal per se, but she, on the acting part of it, she was quite good, I thought. Yeah, if you were going to kick the tires on her down in NXT, I, that wouldn't sound crazy to me at all. Yeah, and, and juxtaposing that with the acting in the, we'll get to it now, the Sasha Bailey uh, argument, shall we say? I'm not going to call it a breakup just yet. Um, 
I mean, they beat the shit out of each other, Jeff. Why is that yeah, not a breakup? I, I, okay, here, here, here's what I'm thinking. Okay, number one, <laughs> totally. To, to, I, we, we're I going deep into wrestling logic now. Well, no, I agree it's a breakup. Okay, don't get me wrong on that. But I think it may not last too long just based on what might be happening uh, behind the scenes because I think they may still have this horsewoman, horsewoman feud going uh, in the future. Oh, okay. But this hit tropes. I don't know who, who you still don't kind of know who to root for here because they're just both. This is and the symbolism of it being in front of lockers like it's a high school argument. That kind of thing. It, it was like both were grating on me. And I think there's a way to do this. You know, everybody has a everybody and their best friend at one time have had a falling out where you want to punch them in the jaw for being a jerk or you've said something that where you stepped over the line, they could still not do this as a full-on heel turn. You know, they could just have this as, well, we, we, we're fighting and we broke up and then we'll, knowing them, they'll fight and break up again because that's what they do. Um, I do think it's probably the breakup for good, but uh, or at least the breakup for now. But uh, I, I don't know. There was There's something... I liked the delivery of Bailey's line about, yeah, well, how long did you hold it? But there should have probably been a, like a, oh, I, I, I may have gone too far or, or Sasha maybe being a bit more. I got the job done. She could say something like that. Yeah. Well, Sasha and, and Bailey were kind of corpsing a little bit during the, this, like, like they were having like like they weren't totally invested in the lines and so it kind of when the beatdown came it was kind of like well you all were kind of like uh they kind of overcompensated you know, there the first couple of throws i think because yeah. they weren't necessarily bringing it home on the words yeah no that that's exactly it thank you <laughs> yeah I, i'm not in love with this angle but we had to get there uh, it's kind of like the John Cena and Kane match. Uh, I, this was overly long, and, and I'll be completely honest, man. I, I kind of actually fast forwarded ahead watching this. Uh, oh, there was nothing. There was nothing of note I, in this match. I, I watched the first it. two minutes. And I was like, oh, I I know this match. Uh, it, we're just watching this match in 2018, but I've seen this match and just fast forwarded towards the end. And uh, John Cena calls out the Undertaker, but the Undertaker does not show. Where are you? It's not you know, the best John Cena ever. This is not the best John Cena build ever in terms of... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, no, dude, it's pretty rough. It, I, you know what? I'd like a little more desperation since, since he'll be sitting in the crowd if he doesn't get this match. You know, he couldn't possibly be putting that Andre Battle Royal, as everybody points out. I, I know, part of me... Man, I hope I hope Undertaker no shows. <laughs> that that would actually be really funny. And then he has to he gets escorted to the front row by security, or better yet, the Undertaker buys him a ticket to the front row of WrestleMania. I, I will ask you this: Would you rather he show up next week, or he show his first appearance be at Mania? I think his first appearance should be at Mania. I, I think oh. that that's the big move. Is that's against the grain. Yeah. That is an against the grain move because I think it's all about that entrance, it, anyways. And if you give away the entrance for free on TV, especially at this point, because he's not going to be delivering big stuff in the ring. So I say get the returns on the entrance 
and get whatever returns you can get out of the match all in one sitting for the paying customers in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I, I just think for, for maybe to sell, get that final push for an actual sellout sellout, maybe you, you ease any, any fears of any of the children who may be begging mommy and daddy to go, um, and you show them on Raw. I think that's the smart move. I would love it. I would love it if it was just like in the middle of Kid Rock's concert singing in New Orleans, he just starts into American Badass, and all of a sudden, Undertaker shows up. That would be, as opposed to the more contrived, Cena comes out, well, the Undertaker didn't answer my challenge. I think I'm just going to stand out here. Good night, everybody. And then Undertaker Dong comes out. I, 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 I think there are creative ways to do this, but I think they're just going to go the straight-ahead route. Yeah, I mean, they'll do it chalk, but they should be bold. Bold isn't isn't the WrestleMania way. It's more spectacle and expected. I I think. Um, one last thing on Raw. I'll I'll go with that, and it's not on your rundown. Uh, which way do they go? Do you think? Since you're not gonna be on our preview show next week, which way do you think they go in the tag match, the tag title match? Do you think they go? Do you think they go comedy, or do you think they do badass team against against the bar? Okay, I think we're getting Elias and Braun Strowman against the okay. bar. So I, I think we're doing the odd couple tag team pairing. Do you think they gel as a team and they coexist, or it's something where Elias, remembering the brawls, turns on Braun, and then Braun ends up either killing Elias and throwing him on top of the bar or ends up power slamming him after the match after Elias loses? Or do you think... Or do you think they put their differences aside, so to speak, and, and, and go all out against the bar? I think the match itself, they don't quite click. But then they win the titles, and we get a similar storyline arc to when Daniel Bryan and Kane were tagging together. Kind of that odd couple thing. And Elias continues to be a little bit goofy and bronze, you know, the big heavy and, and, and they get better and better as a tag team. I like, I could see this settling in for an extended run. Okay. I, I'm not sure. Cause I think it just depends on how quickly they want Braun back in main event singles. Cause the way to get him out of this is to have his partner lose. And then he gets the power slam and then Braun. So I don't know if they want to do that to Elias or if they wanted to do that to a Kurt Hawkins or a James Ellsworth type. Ellsworth would be another comedy move they could go with. But I, I mean, I think the reason he's in the tag division in the first place at this point is because we're trying to clear the lane for guys like Roman Reigns. And so bringing Braun back into the main event title picture probably only muddies the issues with the Roman push. Yeah, I'm, I'm still just not sure. I, I think the extended run might be good to kind of cool down Braun while we heat up Roman for this singles push as champion, champion, and then they'll probably, God, knowing them, they'll give him another first program of Kane because that would that's everyone's be first program. Yeah, every, that's <laughs> that's your starter title defense is you get to defend the belt <laughs> against Kane, and if you're really good, for several months. Yeah, uh, but uh, I'm still not uh, 
I'm still not certain about that. I'll have to think about it over the week. Let's uh, let's move on to SmackDown, sir. Absolutely. So we already talked a little bit about Daniel Bryan versus Blazers, and he uh, does not like Blazers. And I agree with you. I, I think that the promo that he delivered was pretty good. Other than that, the only real wrestling on this show was Nakamura versus Shelton Benjamin, which they got me excited for, but it's because they were trading on my history of them in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They did not deliver like that inside the ring here. Oh, come on. It's a very short Chaos versus Suzuki Goon from circa 2013 G1 Climax. Come on. It wasn't to your standards there? <laughs> I'm, I'm just becoming cranky in my old days, Jeff. No, I, you know what? But if it gives me AJ versus uh, versus Gable next week, I'm all about that. That would be. I'm thinking we might get a tag, but AJ versus I, Gable would be too. really good too. I, I actually, the other time that AJ and Gable have locked it up was really good. So yeah, that's that's an instant formula for a good match. No, I'm I'm with you here. I I, I think I would have loved if Shelton and 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 Nakamura had gotten a little bit more time. Maybe knock something off of that dreadful opening tag match that whose only purpose was to get Rusev to be the, the one to thing get him into the in that US title. Threat. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, he's, he's the only thing worth watching uh, after the 30 minutes of entrances by rude and Orton and, <laughs> and, and gender and hopefully Rusev on a tank with, with Aiden English singing. But um, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm going to ask you it quietly. Sure. So the listeners don't hear it. Has Bobby rude okay. gotten boring to you? Bobby Roode is a great fluid wrestler who shows very little personality to me. I feel that way too. But, but yes, yes, he kind he kind of has yeah. uh, to me. Um, but that that said, I thought, and this was um this was under a lot of consideration for me. Um, the the final uh, the final confrontation between AJ and Nakamura was pitch perfect. I thought. I thought this was this is what I wanted. This is when when two show the show you were on two two shows ago with me uh, when we did when we did it, I, and by that I mean the episode that you and I did mm-hmm. uh, a couple not 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 the last, the last one, but the before one the, before a, a ways back. Oh man, that that when, feels when, like a forever we, ago. It was it was, but we had a discussion about how to present Nakamura, and and we were talking about the dandy in Western. Uh, in Western movie uh, tropes, you know, the, the, the eccentric guy who's eccentric to belie a more vicious type of personality underneath. And I, I was so thankful he did not go through with the, with the Shinkasa or Shinkasa or however you pronounce it. it. Kinshasa. Thank you. I'm having problems with my words. That's okay. I I sometimes get that Uh, little flippy do move too. Um, and I liked that confrontation. I liked that all he said was basically need a face, which was something else we said. Just be shortened to the yep. point. I thought, I thought everything about the the mind games with AJ Styles, maybe maybe even playing into AJ's inner heel a little bit in terms of him getting angry. I thought all of that was pitch perfect here. I think with AJ, even as a babyface, the one thing that they've kept, or at least I've always read in is that he's still a little bit paranoid. There's always this everyone's out to get me-ness, in part because he's the champion uh, that he had when he was a heel, but it's sustained now that he's a babyface. I think that mm-hmm. Nakamura has been really good. Like The backstage promo when him and AJ went back and forth, his tone 
and the way he's delivering those simple short sentences, he understands what the sentences mean and he knows how to inflect them the right way. And it, it also kind of slides into that eccentric personality that you're talking about as well. It all has this very passive aggressive thing, or you can't really tell if he's being passive aggressive, which might be the best way of being passive aggressive. And then at the end, yeah, this- like, is he, is he, what's he showing there? He's showing that he's still cool with AJ and that he respects AJ, but that he also had AJ right where he wanted him there for just a moment. Well, the thing, you know what, what makes this passive aggressive work well is you believe that this is what the two would do to each other because both of them really, really want to win this match. AJ Styles really wants to win the match, and that's what's helping. I mean, and that's what always drives his character in many, many ways. He wants to win the match, not just, we're, we're going to tear the house down. We're going to put on a show. No, I want to right. win. I want to beat you. And there's that, there's that point of personal pride with him in being the face that runs the place or the chant that runs the camp. And it, and it always kind of goes back to that. And with Nakamura, yeah, I'm the artist, but I'm also this vicious badass who, who can beat anybody here and don't you forget it. I, and I'm going to win and I'm going, and he says it, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. That's his motivation. That's the character motivation. Everything flows through that. You are exactly correct. This is passive aggressive done. Well, um, I'm going to get into some passive aggressive, not done well when we get into two Oh five live. Uh, so, uh, so make a little mental note of that. Uh, Oh, I, the, I know where that's coming up and it is duly noted. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you one of the best things that happened to this SmackDown show this week was the fact that Charlotte could not compete uh, for for apparently minor dental surgery. I don't care. Uh, it After the roll-up loss last week to Natty, if they had done some sort of weird 50-50 thing here or if they had done... Let's say she lost again and they were going to try a losing streak gimmick. Neither of those things were going to work. Why would that a big help? Win probably, a big win wouldn't have worked. Nope. Um, if, they're, if, if they're going to try possibly to play up an injury in terms of doubt against Asuka, you might be able to do that. It's not the most optimal way I would have built this feud because I would have just built Charlotte being a badass, Asuka being a badass. Let's see both of them fight. But it's better than her going in 50-50 or with a losing streak and doubting herself. Yeah, I think that they're just trying to memory hole the loss from last week. And probably the best way you memory hole the loss from last week is just don't have them wrestle the next week. Oh, so you think this was on purpose? You don't even think that there there was uh, an injury to be had? It could be the right time to get the dental surgery. Dental surgery is the thing that you can kind of put off sometimes. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'll buy that too. I'll buy that. They know that they made a misstep last week. And so they're just going to keep everybody off for a while, including Carmella. Um, no, I, I like, I like that thought too. Uh, anything else on uh, SmackDown? No, other than that, it was, you mentioned the tag match early and th- that was only important in terms of getting Rusev into the match. And other than that, I think we I can l- move on to NXT. My, my only minor note, I will make one, one shout out. I love, I love that thrust kick like the barbarian that Luke Harper does. I want him to do that every match because I'm a, I'm a barbarian guy. I love the barbarian and Ming. Oh, as a oh, tag oh team. the faces of fear are awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a great yeah. tag team. 
Yeah. But the barbarian the barbarian has always had a soft spot in my heart going back to to even uh you know pre-powers of pain days when he was just in the studio almost hitting hitting uh stage lights or ceiling lights when he was doing the headbutt. I I I just the barbarian is possibly one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Faces of fear, that's taking me back. Uh let's move to NXT cuz you know who is a big throwback is Lars Sullivan whose move set now includes the death penalty, which used to be Rass' finishing move, which is his finishing move, only he calls it the freak accident. But he also now does the Goldberg gorilla press into the power slam. We're, we're throwing it back oh, mega old WCW. Oh, I'll throw it back even further. His promos are straight out of Nick Bockwinkle's playbook. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing a little bit of that, except that Bockwinkle is way deeper in terms oh, of his oh, usage of the big words and right now rex no i'm sorry Lars sullivan i was about to call him rex tillerson <laughs> <laughs> no I, uh, I, long I, I, show I, I, right now Lars sullivan is kind of doing the strong man who knows a big word from the word of the day calendar yeah it, look i i am not equating the two don't get me wrong. I am saying it. I am saying it. it oh, are you like, saying Bockwinkle like or Tillerson? Which one? It, 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 that, that too. It's a Nick Bockwinkle cover band, so to speak. They, they are, he's trying to put some some $5 words in there. Uh, you can tell he's kind of uh, shoehorning them or crowbarring them in a little bit. But uh, It's more like Gorilla Monsoon than it is Nick Bockwinkle. Let, let me put it like that. Uh, okay. You know what? That that's an even better comparison. I, I will take that because he looks a little bit like Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. Uh, as a wrestler. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, what do you think about this North American title ladder match? The match or the title? Let's start with the title and then the match. Um, I I will say I am not in love with the idea of a, yet another title on NXT. Mostly because I would rather they do something with the UK title. And if they're not going to do anything, right. you know, regional there, you know, and I, I don't like the idea of making, you know, various regional titles for every people and just turning it into NWA circa 1986, where every Everybody guy has had, a belt know, the, or has a belt. The Mid-Atlantic title, the, yeah. the Florida title, the national tag team titles, the U.S. tag team titles, the world tag team titles. We didn't, you know, we don't and then have a tournament of regional champions or something i guess to consolidate all of them when it gets far too ridiculous so i would have much rather look we're gonna strip pete dunn of this title or put him in this ladder match this this would have had to be planned before the dusty stuff and then we're gonna do that and we're gonna make use of the stuff we have rather than just creating more problems for ourselves that said um this is (laughs) This is this is a literal six men walk into a bar and they they go into a ladder match because there there's a lot of various uh sizes and styles in this match and and a few people who uh who could get a little bit reckless as well. Yeah, so who do you think is the reckless in that camp? Uh Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Uh I, Sullivan I, I, I also I could mean, see throwing the ladder around a little too much yeah and and i think i think they're gonna want sullivan and dane to do something off the top and when you have guys that size falling from that height that's gonna be something Uh, yeah (laughs) um you know i think i think this 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 will make ricochet an instant star 
with people who have never seen him. Obviously, I'm I'm EC3 is kind of a wild card to me on this one because he is not he's not a high flyer. He's not exactly a brawler and he's not exactly a technician, although he he is quite solid. And, you know, he's he's kind of a jack of all trades here. So I uh, and and he's a jack know, of all trades little... and the skills that he brings to the ring don't necessarily translate great to a multi-man ladder match. Correct. Like if it was just a singles ladder match, I think it would be just fine. It's to your point, he's not really the high flyer. So you can't like a lot of the ladder match stuff, it's built around kind of almost lucha e spots. Whereas train wreck spots yeah. mostly. Yeah. And that's and, not really and, his skill set. Yeah, I, I you know, the these ladder matches rarely feel organic in any way. In terms of okay, here here's now the spot for this. Here's the spot for this. Here's the spot where Ricochet is going to climb up the ladder and jump on everybody, and we're all going to catch him. You know those types of things, and it it can take you out of the flow of these types of matches. That was always a bit of my problem with the Money in the Bank matches. Is okay, we've set up multiple ladders. Here's a time where Shelton Benjamin's going to do his thing. You know, and we're going to highlight each and every one of them and eventually take them out. I assume there's going to be multiple ladders in this match as well. I concur with you. I think that there are pacing issues that tend to arise when you get beyond like a three-way match. Something about the Fatal 4 For example, the Fatal 4-Way in 205 Live here, I thought it picked up steam at the end. But it, <laughs> early in the match, there was timing issues. And part of that was like storytelling with Tozawa and Callisto. And part of that was timing issues. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's just it. Is In a one-on-one feud, you can tell a much more cohesive story. And with every subsequent person you add, it becomes harder to, to build the relationships between each of the characters within the framework of the match. It's because you're so concentrated on, okay, here's this spot we're going to do right now. How do we get to it? And how do we set up? So everybody's safe rather than the more psychological thing of, okay, why am I doing this to you right now? Type of thing. Right. So the other match that we got here was Sanity versus Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. Any notes or thoughts on this? It was fine. Sanity is a very cold act for me at this point. You know what? There's a lot of cold acts on this NXT roster because they've proven themselves to be so good that they're on every NXT takeover. Um, I sort of feel the same way. I mean, this match was good for what it was. Um, In the setup to whatever's going to happen at NXT TakeOver. I know it, but I'm not going to spoil it. We're getting another Authors of Pain versus two small scrappy guys thing, much like we did with the uh, Ciampa Gargano thing. I think that match will be fine. I just, to me, I I, I didn't want to see the Street Profits lose twice to Authors of Pain in tournament settings. And I definitely, as much as they think they're protecting Montez Ford here, they didn't. This ju- this was just stupid. I thought. I, I, no, this I did not didn't like this. protect Ford at all. This made him look no, like a goofy party look- boy, and this is sort of. Yes. The, the, I think this is why you and I have always had a bit of a split on the outlook of the Street Profits because I think that this goofy, we just like to have fun act has a real ceiling if they're not going to get serious. Yes. No. I no. I, I I don't split on that. I just think Montez Ford's athleticism in a real serious type match gets that team over. That's my problem with it. And this stuff. Look, 
as as the foremost Toru Yano apologist. Oh, I love Toru Yano. Yeah, the, no, I... in the voices of, in the voices of wrestling uh, family. By the way, huge superstar in Long Beach this weekend. Suck it, Rich and Joe. <laughs> they're just they're out to lunch on this. Uh, you you and I you and I can hold it down over here because I'm they're I'm purists. with you on Toru. They're pu- they're purists with their arms crossed, going, "Man, I hate this comedy stuff." This is bad. No, uh, but anyways, uh, this this. Look, he's a serious guy with a lot of athletic upside, and this is the uh, this is the portion of the WWE quote unquote training where oh we're gonna play this big so you show personality and and you're just here to put smiles on faces so have him take a drink from the cup as opposed to having actual strategy and focusing on the match that's what it does it makes him look like a goof who can't focus when the time is right rather than looking like a fun guy doing a bit with a with a solo cup that's my issue with this i think montez ford has all the potential in the world and I am dying for a Montez Ford ricochet feud in NXT. I really am. I, but this thing, I mean, I see, I think the cups part I of the know. problem. I, I, I guess this is a different, another point of contention between us because I, I, I think it, no, no, no. It's part of the problem during the match. That's because the Otis thing didn't work for me either. I am consistent on this. I think it's great for pre-match and post-match crap and for getting the, the crowd to kind of get behind you in terms of marketing stuff. But within the confines of the match, no, I don't want this entertainment type, this type of entertainment mid-match to get a laugh when you're in the middle of a tag team tournament to get a title shot. That is my problem, and it takes me out of any reality that this whole thing is trying to create whatsoever. And especially, you know, Dawkins just kind of looking like a goof at this whole stare down with uh, with Ellering and and, uh, and and Montez was just even more just like, oh, come on, give stupid baby face syndrome right now. No, I don't. I don't want that. I, my, and my other problem is you've had them get killed, absolutely killed by the authors of pain twice. I, I think heating them up is going to be a problem after doing all these great vignettes to build them up. It's it's the same problem that TM six one now has, and they weren't done any favors with. Oh wait, there's girls fighting. We're going to stop talking to you right now. Because you don't matter. Well, with the Street Profits... Um, I liked the idea. Where they really got themselves into trouble is that the Street Profits accentuated the fact that they were undefeated. And that led to this build-up to this match with the Authors of Pain, which they then came up short on. So there was a lot of stakes invested into that first Authors of Pain match that then comes into the second one where this should have been the hump they got over... And even though it would have been quote unquote fifty fifty booking, if they had just been able to sneak out a win on this, that probably would have been good. Or even if they could have just won by countout, something like that. That's actually how I thought they were going to get by this. I, I, the cup, though, just to go back to this real quickly, the issue with the cup remains what's in the cup. And on commentary this week, Nigel screwed up. And he made a joke of like, what is he drinking out of that cup? And then everyone in the booth went silent for like three, four seconds because they didn't really know (laughs) where to go because it's a problem. It's a MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. And if you bring it up, then you have to address it. Right. I I mean, they could call it magic juice. There's a way to new day this up where you, they have some other drink that they have magic juice. But even then it's, it, it just, it's hard to ignore what is inside the cup. I'm going to bring that I'm going to bring that in. I don't want them to New Day up another African-American act. 
I am. I I just I have concerns about that, and I am I am not Mister PC Snowflake at all. But I just I I it's consistent. It's consistently. Vince you know, not has a certain tracking, and the new day yeah, is like a well, more I'm modern not, packaging full, of it. But yeah, I, I I feel you, dude. I'm not. I'm not full Bruce Mitchell on this, and Bruce Mitchell is all in on this is racist and how dare he. I think it more goes to, and I did music of the mat. I think it goes to, I think Vince in many ways thinks he is somewhat African-American and this is how they, this is how people get portrayed. You know, I just, I, I don't think there's a lot of malice to it necessarily. I just, I, I just, I'm still uncomfortable with it in many ways. Um, but Oh, I had a I had a point and I forgot what. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. That first loss against the Authors of Pain should have been a motivating factor to them in this second match, and they should have been more focused. If if they don't follow up on that with with what were you doing? We had already lost to them once, and you're out there clowning around type thing. And I don't know if it's time to break them up, even though one obviously has more star potential than the other, um, in the opinion of Rob McCarron in this show, but. I just I I did not the, the the entire logic of that match was way way off in my opinion. Yeah, I completely concur. I I think if they had even resorted to cheating to get over the authors of pain, that would have been fine. Yeah, and this is supposed to be oh look it was a distraction, so obviously it wasn't fair, and and that doesn't play well. It's just the two baby faces were stupid and they got beat. Right. Right. Whereas if they had cheated or something, they could have said like, oh, this is street logic. They could, they, they could have introduced a new wrinkle into the street profits way of doing things. And this left them kind of soul searching at the end of the match. And you're kind of like, what's to soul search, guys? Yeah, but I don't want, I don't want to turn them into crime time either. No, no, it, it's a fine line, man. You know, when you're when you're calling them the street profits, though, the street has a very it yeah. has a very specific connotation. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, which is part of the yeah, problem of the act. To go back to what you were just saying, actually, you're exactly correct. I, I, you know, I had kind of put that on the back burner, but yes, if you're gonna if you're gonna play this part of the culture up, it. it Oh, it's going to become problematic if you if you go full in on it. Um, oh, my God. I got Jeff yeah, Hawkins so- saying problematic. Jeez Louise. It is a new day in America. <laughs> Let's move on to 205 okay. Live. I loathed, after the weeks and weeks of great, great video packages from Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander doing an okay job on his promos, this confrontation, I hated it. Okay, what did you I, hate did, about it? Because I didn't totally hate it, but I'm a, you sound very intense on it, and I want to know why. It's it's the kind of passive aggressiveness I don't like. They're friends, and at the same time, there's no real connection as being friends right. within that promo. And there's no real sense of competition. It's it's just the, I'm going to beat you, and then all of a sudden that becomes insulting. As opposed to they both don't know that they're going to both try and go out there and win the match and be better than the other guy. I, I, it, it, it's, it's insulting in a lot of ways. And, and plus it's the, it's the hitting the exposition points within that same context. That just, it, it just, whereas the Mustafa Ali promos before felt 
real and grounded. This was, we're going to go out there in front of 70,000 people. And I never thought I'd be in this position before because I had no confidence in myself, apparently. And we're going to go out there and our families are going to be watching and we're going to steal the show and we're going to tear the roof off that place. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that as opposed to, you know, I like just focusing on they both want to win. And I liked that. But the way they even did that part of it was, I'm going to, I have a baby girl at home. I have a baby girl at home. We're both going to, uh, we're doing it for them. You know, that, that kind of, and, and not, there's ways to do it where it rings true. And everything about this rang absolutely false in terms of, in terms of even just the, the, the tension, the way they got to the tension was so, I, I didn't believe the tension was real. That That's my problem with it. And that's what made me so angry is I had invested all this time over the weeks going, man, that's so awesome. Mustafa Ali has been so awesome all these weeks, you know, telling his backstory, getting some real personality in there, which is the way to get through all these 205 Live guys. And I think a lot of this, unfortunately, is on the way they're presenting Cedric Alexander. Oh, Cedric Alexander has never had a genuine promo on this show since the reboot and the tournament. That's the whole point, Jeff. Kind of... That's the whole point. That Oh, you think yes. you think this is all an act? Yes, that's oh. the whole point of this. Do tell. Yes. Please. So Mustafa Ali, for the last several weeks, has been giving this authentic, real, earnest story about why he wants to be champion, his background, and we haven't done anything with Cedric. But Cedric's been a nice guy, Cedric. Cedric seems like he's still the same old Cedric. But bubbling hmm. underneath that Cedric is an entitled guy who thinks that... Contempt. Yes. Okay. He's, he's bitter that he hasn't already gotten the title. But when they talked about WrestleMania, Mustafa Ali is kind of a goob over here going, I can't believe I'm going to get to be on WrestleMania. Wow. Although, in all, in all honesty, for a lot of wrestlers and for a human being, it is kind of this humbling idea that you grew up watching wrestling and now you are going to be wrestling on the grandest stage of them all. Cedric Alexander is beginning to gain a sense of entitlement. And he says, oh, and so quickly. And he starts painting this picture. And when he's talking about his friends and his family there and his little baby girl already calls him champion, there's this notion of an inflated sense of self that is being added into the Cedric Alexander character. And he is going to, at least this is my read, and I hope they go this direction, but this is what I'm getting out of this promo. He is going to go all out to crush the shit out of Mustafa Ali. But at this point, he's still playing nicey-nice. So you think this is subtle? Yes. Okay. I, wow. <laughs> my mind is a little bit blown, to be honest with you. Because I had never... I never read into that. I just thought he was just being a really bad kind of bland baby face here. But but because every time they're 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 they always show their cards on these things. They always show the, you know, the well, I hope you don't. I hope our friendship doesn't end when I kick you in the face type of there's always that line to give the tell. And they never and they didn't really do that here. They they really did. I mean, I could see the Eddie Haskell type of. uh type of thing and, and Cedric Alexander that that that's making me rethink this this is this is kind of a first on shake them rope someone has uh someone has absolutely made me do kind of a 180 to make me uh to, to get me off a ledge in terms of an opinion so congratulations on that all right all right uh, I'll take it I'll take it what else do you want to hit on but, this show Buddy Murphy as number one contender yay nay do you like that I, call I like Buddy Murphy and I do like this call 
Uh, I think that it was the right move. He's he's fresh. I still want to see this music go the way of the Dodo. Uh, and I'm going to be interested to see how Buddy Murphy and his weight comes into play going forward. Because they keep teasing it on commentary. They always talk about how he did the weight cuts and everything like that. So I feel like we're planting seeds for somewhere down the line he doesn't make a weigh-in or something. Hmm. No, I really enjoyed the the four way. I I still have a lot of faith in TJ Perkins. I I really think as what I I think I, I think they could build him up into not just and not just what he is. It, it it's so weird because he's such a vapid heelish character, and and there's really a lot to what he can do and the type of personality he can. It always feels like. They're missing out on the potential there because his style, when he, when he does heel style, he is vicious in terms of the submissions and working on a body part. And I like the flake aspect of it too. I like his, he's kind of a flaky, you know, flaky champ as well, but there's just something not connecting there. And I just, it's weird. I would take him off TV again for a little while just because having him lose this many times, I still think there's something in there because he was the first champ. They obviously saw something before I had agreed. Um, (laughs) I have this crazy notion that Akira Tozawa, by the way, all these you're fired as a catch line thing. I think he's going to be a GM of SmackDown to replace Daniel Bryan (laughs) just so that he could do that bit. I could see him being the GM of raw. They could have him as just like a crazy GM for raw, at least for like a month or two and see how that goes. Let's end on this. I'll, I'll give. I'll get some. Uh, I'll get the plugs out of the way for my part of the show. Uh, you can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me personally at Crap Game Thirteen. Uh, I am on this week's Music of the Mat on Voices of Wrestling. Uh, Chris, I did thirty minutes on Aretha Franklin's Who's Zooming Who Ooh. as a WrestleMania theme. Uh, a lot of personnel rating and connection to my personal uh, stuff. Um, you can follow Chris at uh, at Doctor Nove. No, at C. No, at C H R I S N O V E M B R I N O. I host the All in the Family podcast, which you can find at allinthefamilypodcast dot com. And my other show is called Don't Worry About the Government, which is at don'tworry.tv. And I will be back next week to do the NXT preview show for Takeover. Uh, I will. I'm going to end on a serious note rather than on on a comical one. Okay, I mentioned it before. Should there be outcry over this trophy for the women's battle royal? This is a bad trophy. How how do you come with this design and not see what it signals or what it looks like? Could the organization possibly be that dense? I will ask you this. Could it possibly be a rib? On who? On whoever to give the trophy to because they have to carry this thing usually, much like the Andre the... The, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner, one of the things was, at least in the first couple of years, if my understanding is correct, is they had to carry that trophy with them through airports and stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, but it's deeply undermining. I might be totally wrong on that. I'm, I'm go- Before I get tweets or whatever, don't, don't yell at me about that. I've been wrong on enough things this week. I don't need the grief. If I'm wrong on it, so be it. I, I just... I just know that 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 eventually the trophy broke, so they 
ended up stopping that practice. Right, right. I, I just think that if that is indeed the level of depth of thought that they gave to the trophy, I think they need to re-examine their messaging on a lot of like women's issues and feminist stuff yes. to be handing out a trophy shaped like a vagina. I think... Or a uterus. Uh, yeah, or... Or a thong. Or a thong. Whatever, wait, 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 what, whatever. In that region. Anybody who looks at it looks at it and says, are you effing kidding me? And I think I think talent should be... Look, if this was an if this came out after they changed the name of the Mae Young Classic, it's even worse, in my opinion. I think you're exactly right. I think people, at least the talent, maybe not, not us, you know, Joe Blow, but I think... I think someone needs to step in and go, are you taking this division seriously or is this just a marketing ploy to help Stephanie and your own corporate image? Because how you look at this trophy and not say, are you kidding me? That is embarrassing. I don't want to fight for that. And I understand that, you know what, if you do that, you might be unpopular with the company. I don't, I would never ask anybody to stick their neck out like that. But someone in, Someone in the room, while whoever's chuckling about whatever the hell this thing is, needed to say something and needed to say something uh, decisively or at least say something to someone who had someone's ear decisively. Because this this to me is just another one of those things where you look and you go, are they? Yeah. Are they really serious about expanding you know, their consumer base, are they serious about taking this division seriously? Are they, or is this just more product? And I, I just, it, it, it's hard to explain because I don't think you should go overboard with anger, but you should definitely just go, this company just does not take that second step in logic or perception or branding, or whatever. They just kind of think we're going to eat it all up, and it makes me angry when they do this. Yeah, this is always a minor quibble, but I think it speaks to a broader lack of depth of thought. It's the women still wrestling with extensions in their hair instead of just having their hair up like you would have in a state of combat. The, the, the fact that Vince still tries to like lean so heavily into the glam stuff, even though we're supposed to be doing this rebrand from divas to women... There's a tension there that never fully gets resolved. And I, this trophy, it, and the fact that they'll sit there and go, this is a historic first, and, it, and we're making history, which is what they're trying to do. And it's this forward-looking thing of we're breaking new barriers for women, we're letting them do all the things men do, and they get to fight for a trophy shaped like a uterus. <laughs> That's all the time we're going to give. Make, keep an ear out for Chris on the uh, Voices of Wrestling Gigantic. I'm hearing this is going to be a three- or four-hour thing. Uh, preview of Wrestlemania weekend uh, Rob and I will have our personal preview next weekend I'll tell you what events I'll be at in New Orleans Chris you gonna make the trip out or, or is this a hard pass for you? this is a pass for me I actually just went to New Orleans a few months ago but it is a fantastic place and everyone who is out there be responsible and make sure you drink a lot of water
here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 